And now, on Prophetic Faith. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another week's broadcast here at Prophetic Faith. I am Pastor Robbie Barrett, and tonight we're going into Volume 3 of Distractions. We're dealing with what changed, what has changed. You said, what do you mean by that statement? So many times, things happen in our life and we make a bold confession of faith. And it seems like the moment we make that confession of faith, we, we're standing on the Word of God, that something even more devastating comes and tries, we call them an uppercut or a heavy blow of the enemy. My question to you is, what do you then? What do you do then? What do you do then? We're going to go into this message tonight and we're going to learn exactly what to do. It's going to help you and it's going to build your faith tonight. And I will see you at the end of the program. Now today, I want to read a second definition of what it means to be distracted or have distractions. So we learned that it's to prevent someone from giving their full attention, but here's number two. It is a extreme agitation of the mind or emotions. So that tells me this right here, and I want you to listen to me. That tells me that distractions main focus is to work where? In the soulish part of you, which is your mind, will, and emotions. How many knows that a lot of battles that we face are right here? Come on. They're right, and most people never even know about them. You know, we've seen so many times that you need to watch how you treat people. Amen? Right? You need to watch how you, because you have no idea what they may be going through. Because so many times in the mind, there are battles going on, and, pe and people may appear to be fine and dandy on the outside, but on the inside, there is a storm raging. Now, I want you to look right here at Proverbs 4.25, and I'm going to open up in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for this opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for divine revelation. This is not just the preaching of the gospel. Revelation is coming forth today. And when revelation comes forth, Father, that is the advantage. You're giving us the advantage. You're giving us the opportunity to get past our trials, our storms, our situations, and into a place of victory. I thank you for this now, and I thank you for your glory in this house. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Look right here. This is the message translation. He says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Focused. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Ignore them. Where are the distractions? They're on the side. Come on. How many knows there's a reason why the Bible says keep your eyes straight ahead? Because if you keep them straight ahead, in other words, if you keep your focus single 
mindedness straight ahead on the things of God, you're not going to look to the left or to the right. That's where the distractions are. So let me say it like this. The enemy, this is what you got to know this morning. The enemy cannot pull you off of God's path. How many people have ever told you, well, you know, the devil made me do this and he made me do that. He can't make you do anything. You're giving him way too much credit. Come on, somebody. He can't make you. Now watch this. He can entice you, right? He can tempt you. He can try to persuade you. But at the end of the day, it has to be your choice. So watch this. The enemy cannot pull you off the path that God has for you. No matter how much he screams and kicks and hollers or whatever. But he will try everything he can to draw you away to walk off of that path. That's the sideshow distractions. Now, if you want to title this message today, you can title it, What Changed? Turn to your neighbor and say, What Changed? What Changed? Now, go to Mark 5, 21. We're going to read to verse 43. It says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at Jesus' feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray you, come and lay hands on her that she may live and she, that she may be healed and she shall live. Say that with me. She shall live. That was the last statement that Jairus made. Last statement. That's what I want to show you. Verse 24, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, who had suffered many things with many, of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, so she was sick and broke. Amen? And was nothing better, but grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, she came and pressed behind and touched his garment, for she said, somebody say she said, if I may touch the, but his clothes are the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And straightway, the fountain of her youth, or her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. Now, I know I went a little bit further, but here's what we got to... Well, hold on. We got to go to verse 43, don't we? All right, in verse 31, it says... Or verse 30, it says... And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Somebody say, Faith will touch God. And his disciples said unto him, You see the multitude thronging you, all these people pressing you, and you're asking, Who touched me? Verse 32, he says, And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Whose faith? Mm. Be whole of your plague. So she was made whole. Is that correct? Now that's different than just being healed. How many knows it, it would have been no good for her to be healed but have no money to even grab something to eat? Come on. When God makes you whole, that means everything in your life. How many remembers last week what we learned about peace? What does the Hebrew meaning of peace mean? Nothing broken, nothing missing. Amen? Verse 35, And while he yet spake this, the ruler of the synagogue's house 
a certain one which said, your, your daughter is now dead. There's no, more to, there's no reason to trouble the master. Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word he, that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be, a, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. And he cometh into the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make you this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but she sleeps. What was he doing? He called those things that be not as though they are. And they laughed him to scorn. And when he had put all of them out, and he took... Somebody say, you got to remove all the distractions. Amen. He, takes, he took the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and he entered into where the damsel was laying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which means inter- being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto you, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them strictly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given to her to eat. All right, you said, why did you read all the Bible this morning? All right? Because you got to see something. All right, so I know that we touched on two different things. We touched on Jairus and his daughter now dying, but we also touched on the woman with the issue of blood. Today, I'm not touching on the woman with the issue of blood. I want you to see something within this text. Amen? How many knows that revelation has to be caught? It can't be taught. Amen? I could teach you this 500 different ways, but when you catch it, when you see it, you can't unsee it. Right? That's revelation. All right, so look at Jairus here. How many would agree with me that Jairus was facing some tough circumstances? Oh, yeah. Tough. His daughter is literally, any minute now, she's going to die. And this is a tough situation, and this is, you know, a lot of us who are parents in here, we can relate to that, and we would say, you know, I don't know what I would be doing right right then and there. But can I tell you something right now, that this was not the distraction? No, Pastor, you got that wrong. I mean, this is, ter- this is terrible. I guarantee you that this is pulling every bit of focus of Jairus off of God and off of his faith and just on this trouble that he's dealing with. But can I tell you again that this is not the distraction of the story? It's not. Because how do I know this? I want you to see something in here. The, the daughter that was on the point of death, death was knocking on her door, was not the distraction. It was not what the enemy had sent to rob Jairus' future and his faith. You say, well, what was it then? Jairus had one frame of mind. How do I know that this wasn't a distraction? Because he had one frame of mind. How many knows what that was? He said, I'm going to go to Jesus. Come on. He said, I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to get him... I'm going to make this declaration of faith that if you come and you lay hands on my daughter, she shall live, period. That's how I know that this wasn't the distraction to sent, that was sent of, to Jairus to shipwreck his faith. 
Because, watch this, even though that this was going on, and this was a tough situation, this was a tough circumstance, the Bible lets me know that he was literally walking by faith. Come on. He was on his way to go see Jesus, and, and watch this, he had made up his mind. He says, I'm not looking to any other solution. There's only one solution for my situation. There's only one answer to my problem, and his name is Jesus Christ. Can I stop right here and tell you something, that you would be amazed what would happen in your life if you quit making all these other things solutions and just turn to God and God alone. Somebody say amen. Because he's got your answer. I don't care what you're facing. Now, the, now man tries to, to accommodate, but they can't do it. They always fall short. But God always has exactly what you need when you need it. So watch this. So that wasn't the distraction. What was the distraction? Go to Mark 5.23. Look at Mark 5.23 again. It says, And he besought him greatly, saying, My daughter lies at the point of death. I pray, come and lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. I want to point this out again. That he made one statement. He made up his mind that she was going to live. Even though death was screaming, come on, it's over. You ever have the enemy scream at you, it's over? Come on, somebody. This is it. This is the last time. Yeah, you may have escaped all these other times, but this time, I've got your number. Ooh, that's real, isn't it? But this is what Jairus said. He said, she shall live, and he never said another word. Now look at 5. 34 through 36. He says, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And while he yet spake, there came from one of the rulers of the synagogue a certain house, or certain house of the. Uh, and he said unto him, Your daughter is dead. Trouble the master no more. Next verse. It says, As soon as Jesus heard the word, that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Somebody say, only believe. All right, so watch this. This is what I love about Jesus. You say, what's that? What I love about Jesus is, is he knows when to step in and help you out. Come on, somebody. Listen, Jairus had made that statement of faith. He, he was standing on the Word. He was putting his faith and his trust in Jesus. But watch this. He got some crippling news. Come on, somebody. Let me ask you a question. What do you do? Now, what do you do when you've been stepping out in faith and you made a positive confession? Come on. You've been declaring the Word of God. You've been demanding a change. And it seems like it's not gotten better, but worse. What do you do then? See, that's what we're going to find out today. Because a lot of us, we've got this notion, as soon as I stand on the Word, as soon as I you know, speak the Word, everything's going to turn around. Well, let me ask you something. What happens when it doesn't turn around right away? What happens... When you said, she shall live, and then you get another word comes along and says, don't trouble him anymore, she's dead. Now, can you imagine that? What, what do we do then? Let me tell you what you do. This was the distraction. 
I told you earlier that his daughter at the point of death, you would have thought that that would have been the distraction, but that wasn't the distraction. This was the distraction. Because here this man, he had released his faith that his daughter is going to be alive, she's going to recover, Jesus is going to fix this thing, and now he gets this sideshow distraction, come along, come on, that says, it's over. Don't even bother anymore. There's no point in keeping your faith. There's no point in still confessing that she's going to live. She's dead. What do you do then? Turn to your neighbor and say, what do you do? What do you do? So I want you to see something. That Jairus spoke the word and then the distraction came. I'm going to help you out today. The distraction doesn't come beforehand. It comes after. See, those of you in here this morning that are stepping out in faith concerning a certain situation in your life and you're beginning to line your mouth up with what God said and what His Word said, you can guarantee that the distraction is going to come not before you make that stand, it's going to be after you stand. Don't be surprised if things don't seem or appear to be getting worse. Some of you in here today, you could say, man, I wish I would have heard a message like this 20 years ago, 10 years ago, last week. Because you see, I've always been taught that as soon as you speak the word and as soon as you take a stand, well, then that's it. The devil's going to back off. He's going, everything's going to change. No, the Bible says, having done all to stand, what? Stand. What do you do when you're speaking and you're declaring the word and you're standing on it and you're saying, listen, God's going to make a way and He's going to come through and then you get one bad report after the other that seems to be contradicting everything that you say. What do you do? Here's what you do. Stand. Don't get distracted. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't get distracted. You see, what was Satan's attempt right here? It wasn't the daughter at the point of death. It was the prognosis that came after that said, what you have been hoping for, it's not happening. It's over. Right then is when the enemy wanted to do this right here. You ready? He wanted to destroy Jairus' faith in Jesus. He wanted to make sure, watch this, he wanted to make sure that he never recovered. You say, in what way? That he never looked to God again when trouble came. There are so many people that says, what's the point in standing in faith? What's the point in declaring the word? What's the point in trusting God when the last time I did that, it didn't work out, and this didn't happen, and that didn't happen? See, I'm telling you that Satan is after your faith. And he's using distractions to try to pull you out of faith and into what? What we call reality. Oh, come on, church. Let's be real this morning. Put yourself in Jairus' shoes. Can you do that? How do you think he felt right then and there? You think for one second that he didn't want to change his confession? Oh, come on now. You think that he didn't want to come off of that she shall live? 
I'm looking at some people in here this morning. Come on, you're being tempted right now to change your confession. You've been talking about how blessed you are, and it seems like finances keep drying up and keep drying up. Come on, let's be real. You've been talking about how healthy you are and how God has made a way in your life, and it seems like you're getting one bad report after the other. How do you think Jairus felt? Let me tell you how. Come on, those of you who are parents in here, you know how he felt. You know that he wanted to crawl in a cave somewhere and never come back out. Come on. You know that his knees were buckling at that moment. (laughs) But hold on, I was getting ahead of myself earlier. But here's what happened. Look at what Jesus said. My page is sticking together. But look at what Jesus said at verse 36 again. He said unto him, it said that Jesus heard the word that was spoken. What word? Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. But he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid. Only believe. Now go to the good news translation. Look at this right here. Jesus paid no attention to what they said. (laughs) Oh, my God, that's wisdom right there. But he told him, be not afraid, only believe. See, here's what I love about Jesus. Are you ready? And I know you can agree with me in here this morning. I believe that Jesus knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jairus was about to lose it all at that point. Come on. Come on, those of you in here that are parents, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who have loved ones that you care about, that you're putting hope that God's going to make a way, what do you think was going on in Jairus' mind? We just covered it, right? He wanted to go in a cave somewhere. He wanted to change his confession. And I believe that Jesus knew that. Watch this. So this is what Jesus did. See, the Bible tells me, this is what I love about Jesus, is that when you are about to turn your confession and let go of this thing. He comes in and He helps you. Come on, somebody. Can you say amen? See, we are, watch this, we are not serving a God that just says, best of luck, fend for yourself. Come on. We are serving a God that says, I will be with you in times of trouble. When you go through the fire, I'll be with you in the fire. Somebody needs to put our hands together and give God some praise today. Come on. He says, when you're in the trouble, when you're in the valley, I will be with you. So he looks at Jairus. He knew that Jairus was going to change his confession, as many of us would have. Come on. He knew that Jairus was about to lose it all. And he turns to him and he does what the Word says he does. The Bible says he is the high priest and the apostle of our confession. Come on. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So in other words, this is what Jesus said. He said, don't be afraid. You confessed what I was going to do for you. Come on, somebody. How many has been declaring what God's going to do for you? He said, you spoke what I was going to do for you, and you... Praise God. As we learn by revelation tonight, when do distractions come? They don't, they don't come before you make that bold statement of faith. They don't come before you step out of faith. No, they come after you declare what God's going to do. They come after you take that step of faith, that you put forth that action. That's when distractions come. But let me ask you something. 
what changed. In other words, does that change anything that what God said? I know the enemy may be hitting you, and I, might, I know you may have received some devastating news or whatever, but what changed? Does that change what God has said? And the answer to that is no. When God speaks, it is done. His word is final. Aren't you glad about that? That God does not change with the conditions. He doesn't change with culture. No, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you get God to say something, if God is speaking to you, you need to listen up. Because what He's speaking has the power to, turn, to change the circumstances, not the other way around. Amen. I want to pray for you. I want to pray right now as I pray this past several weeks that you will learn where your distractions are coming from and you will put a stop to them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift up every person that is watching tonight. Lord, I thank you that you've been dealing with us for weeks now about distractions on how to pinpoint them and how to get rid of them. Father, I thank you for continual boldness to step up and say enough is enough. We are not putting up with these things any longer. And Father, I just want to thank you right now that no matter what uh, those who may be watching tonight are going through, nothing has changed. I know that you've gave them many promises. I know that you've promised some things in your word. These things do not move your word. They do not change your word. But Father, I thank you that your word has the power to change any circumstance in any situation. I thank you for this now, for the testimonies that's coming forth in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. As I do each and every week, I want to thank you, Faith Partners, for your continued giving and support. Some of you are monthly givers. Some of you are every now and then. I want to thank you for your giving. You help us stay on here. You help us bring this gospel every single week. And if you've been watching for quite some time and you may be saying, you know what, I haven't partnered yet, but I've really been wanting to, now's your opportunity. Our announcer is getting ready to come up and he can show you how you can come in contact and become a partner with this ministry. As I say this all the time, as whatever ministry that you partner with, it is if you go with them. Even though you may be going about your everyday life, when you partner with the ministry, you connect to them and you receive the rewards that they receive. That's the power of partnership. So again, thank you and those of us who come in contact with this, this ministry. Just letting us know what a blessing. The testimonies that you send forth, we appreciate all that you send to us. Until then, keep walking by faith. We will see you right here next week. Be blessed. If you would like to become a faith partner, please contact us at P.O. Box 264, Tazewell, Virginia 24651. You may also reach us at 276-971-2333. You may also... Request information at AccelerateFaith.org. Our email for faith partners are faithpartner at AccelerateFaith.org as well.
the lame to walk. We command it in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar.